percussive. Obsessive. 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 Okay, so right, this is episode five of uh, Obsessive Conversive. I'm with uh, a friend of mine who just so happens to be uh, champion of the world, Mason Jones. How's it going, Mason? Cage, very good. Cage wise, lightweight champion. <laughs> it still sounds so good. Yeah. <laughs> no matter how many times I hear it, it sounds so good. Uh, got a title defense penciled in, or is it penned in? No, September the 24th, the 25th, or the 26th. I don't know where, I don't know who, and I don't even know if it is going ahead yet. All yep. I know is they said get ready for then, so I've been dieting and training hard. Um, today I was actually meant to be training, but it's literally, I pushed that hard this week. I had um, migraines and um, all sorts yesterday. I felt sick, so I clearly been overtraining again. So um, yep. I had half a day yesterday. Felt even worse, so I had a day off now, and then I have a hard session tomorrow, so it'll probably just make me feel even worse. But uh, sometimes you've got to rest, so uh, it's a bit of a rest day for me today. Yeah, so um, that's the side of things that uh, you and I haven't really discussed because I've always been sort of um, not even co-hosting, just helping my brother along, is that yeah. I'm, I actually, by profession, I'm a strength and conditioning coach. Oh, uh, um, And I haven't been active for the best part of a year and probably semi active when I had my gym for the last sort of four years uh because obviously I I, just, I work in with the with the boys um and that was something it was so hard to drill into people especially people who were more than capable of training so like the military guys the ex-military guys the athletes the um upper echelon of people who were training mentally mental <laughs> yeah um was the rest and recovery yeah 100%. it was trying to get across them that that was like training's easy as hard as training can be that's the easy bit it's taking care of yourself after the fact that's the hard bit and by the sounds of it even you struggle with that you want to oh, be yeah, totally. because and when you when you think about it Training, not only is it easy, it's fun. And you get the highs out of it. The hard bit is actually taking your foot off the pedal and allowing your body to regenerate, to recover, to get get the appropriate amount of sleep, to eat the right things, to eat the right things at the right times, depending on what you're doing. And that's the bit that people quite often fall down. And that's usually for the average Joe that's just trying to lose a bit of weight. That's the fucking nails bit because it's easy to run yourself into the ground pick up an injury or an illness or like you said like just something like migraines which makes you take time off quite often makes people slip back into old habits um, so yeah <laughs> one of the things on me so um when i was in, in the tutor team from the time i was like 12 um whenever i pushed hard i was i always get migraines all the time um and this was before i started taking head injuries do you know what I mean this was before i started getting punched in the head a lot i just, just get thrown around so um, I went and had extensive brain scans all done and seen someone and was like, I can't understand why I'm getting I'm like, I'm drinking water, but every time I sort of drink water, it's too late. And none of them could understand. The best thing I had was sort of someone said to me, look, just stay away from e-colors um, mm -hmm. and it'll sort of help yourself. So I slowed down my training and stuff and um, still never understood why I used to get them. Like if I pushed hard, 
Um, obviously, I get the overtraining normal symptoms, but then I always used to get migraines. Um, like I sit in the house, um, certain lights give me migraines. I've always been the same. Um, and it wasn't until uh, my nutritionist was like, what do you use as hydration? So I was like, um, oh, we use Dior lights. Because like whenever I used to get bad migraines, because I knew it was yeah. something to do with dehydration. Like that was the only thing we could click. Because my eyes are perfect. I have my eyes done all the time. Yeah. And I've never had a problem with that. Um, like the only thing it could be was sort of dehydration. So um, he was like, oh, look, there's a company up in um, Essex, I think it is, um, called Precision Hydration. Um, they do salt testing, which is something I'm massive on. Because my nutritionist, my nutritionist is an old guy from... Um, uh, he's up by London. He is. Um, he's like in his sixties, I think, and he is in phenomenal shape. He's always been a bodybuilder, but he's always been a bodybuilder who's massive on home foods, like whole foods, like sourced foods. He's um, and we and me and him click straight away. So he's always done my nutrition and stuff for me, and sort of like he's big on um, like eating well. Um, he's the diets made life so much easier because like my S and C coach, my S and C coach had an idea on dieting, but. Like, uh, it was just something we decided to sort of try and improve a bit more and meeting Paul was one of the best decisions I, I've ever made. Um, but anyway, so, um, he recommended this company. I went up and did a salt test and they basically said, so what a salt test is, they put like vibration, um, like the, what's the, like the sticky things they stick to your chest when you have an ECG. Yeah. I don't mean the, they put those sort, yeah. sort of things on your arm, connected thing. And it makes these vibrations make your arm sweat. And then, um, they like connect like a suction cup to it. It sucks a bit of salt water out and they test it. And basically what they said was a normal pe- person, like don't quote me on this because I, this was about a year and a half ago, a year ago. Um, normal people sweat something like 700 something of salt per liter. Yep. Um, I sweat, no, less than that, 600 I think they said. I sweat 1450. So basically my salt content is almost, well, two and a half times richer than a, a normal person yeah and he said like certain like obviously everyone's different there's a slow percentage of people who sweat this high amount so what they're saying is because i was like rehydrating like dior lights and stuff but like they wouldn't the sort of mineral content wasn't high enough yeah like i was trying to rehydrate myself and obviously when it comes to um mitosis um water moves to the highest sort of concentration of water so the more sort of dehydrated i was getting the more i was drinking water and low sort of um, low density drinks the more dehydrated I was getting so yeah. that's why when I was drinking water and trying to get these fluids in me I was making myself worse so do you know I mean when someone tells this you think oh yeah he's trying to sell me the product and all do you mean like you'll see how it goes so they went on they, um, they basically said look try this and they give me loads of free stuff it makes a difference we'll go from there um, may, it made the biggest difference of anything I've ever done like I was able to push so much harder my migraine stopped I was able to push through so um <laughs> I've been um, I used to be in, in my camps and stuff and I've been badgering them. Um, um I've been trying to email them now actually. I'm trying to get them to sponsor me so I have to stop paying for it because I hate <laughs> paying for things. So um I'm gonna try and get them either they sponsor me or you're gonna do a um what do they call them? Like a, an athlete thing in there so they give you like a discount code and try and market. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know I don't make Partnerships sort of thing. Yeah, so I'm gonna push them and try and get some stuff out of them because at the minute I've just been because I haven't spoke to them in a while, I and with all this stuff, I've just been buying their products off Amazon. Mm-hmm. And um, you like, I'm paying like ten pound a drop, but they're like, I go through the, I go through them in about a week, and they do yeah. make me feel better. But it's just like, I need to take the salt tablets and stuff as well. But it makes such a difference. And I was talking to one of the boys in the gym, and he said the same thing. Where his girlfriend is the same, so she drinks water and gets really bad migraines. Been back for the doctors, so I said, look, she's better off trying like 
high sort of, I can't think of the word, it's not density, high sort of like rich, salt rich recovery drinks and trying them. But um, uh, before I went off on that tangent, like we was talking about recovery and stuff and that was the biggest thing was like, I, I went through a stage where I literally just train until there was nothing left in me and then I train more and more and more and I keep pushing myself. And the only time I'd stop was when I felt ill where I physically overtrained the point where I felt sick. Yeah. And I remember when um, I went away the once and we had two weeks away, um, we went to France and um, I didn't do much for two weeks, did a little bit of running, nothing much. I just rested basically for two weeks as much as possible. And I come back and my, my coach was like, what the hell have you done? Because you were fitter, you feel stronger. And I just hit in higher percentages. And it wasn't until I met my SNC coach, uh, Reese, where we started working together when I was 17, 6, 16, I think. Yeah, and then um, we clicked. Um, he's someone I'll introduce you to because he has the same Absolutely. sort of mindset. He was really relaxed. Um, he's really you really like him. Um, but he's he's the same, and he's all about like he encouraged me to peak and like the S and C sessions we do. We're training, and like obviously we do a lot of Olympic lifts and stuff. Like we squat, deadlifts, bench. Um, and he does a lot of like ulterior stuff. Like he's big on my shoulders because I've had shoulder injuries and stuff. But sometimes we'll come to the gym, and like we'll do like. Um, three supersets on exercises, and he's like, "That's it. You, that's you done for the day." Yeah. I'm like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "I've already broken a sweat." He's like, "Yeah, you've you've done enough. Do you mean that's it? Like, with everything you've done, you you're going to be overtraining." And um, like, it was such a weird thing because when I was in the judo team, it was always about tra- like lifting heavier, pushing yourself harder, and it was just like a new concept to sort of train myself. And like, when it comes to peaking and stuff, like every time I fought, the only person I've ever fought that was that actually felt physically stronger than me was Desme and um, he's the only person I've ever fought against that if anyone was going to be juiced and it was going to be him um, yeah. like that guy was super strong but like I can deal with welterweights I can deal with middleweights it's just like I've never really struggled strength wise and it's just because we've been working together for so long and like I always made sure like this is the longest during the Rokona stuff that I've been outside the gym even though I lifted a bit inside the house um, I stopped that because we was going back training and stuff and we was meant to go back to the gym but obviously because of um uh, the Welsh guy, I don't know, who's a massive dick, keeps um, obviously stopping gyms from you opening. Um, yeah. We haven't been back yet, so I think we're going to be starting back lifting this week. That's the only thing I haven't come back to. Like, we can roll around, like, sweat in people's mouths. You can rub sweat in each other's eyes, but I can't train in the gym and lift the yeah. weights. Do you mean it doesn't make any sense whatsoever? Yeah. I am. Um... It's interesting you said about the uh, going to see him and just doing like a small amount of work and him telling yeah. you, and because I always felt really guilty training people because so I'd write out these programs and um, dep- you know to completely dependent on what they were doing. But like you got somebody paying me. I mean, I don't think it was a lot of money, but to them it may have been a lot of money yeah. for the hour that we're. Training. We're training, but sometimes they didn't need an hour. Sometimes they needed like 15, 20 minutes and that's it. That's, that's your, that's your warm up, your workout, everything done. And I, I always felt really bad because you could see them like, are you, are you taking the piss? I should be dripping with sweat. I should be pushing, right? really pushing. It's like, yeah, but what you've just done there is going to be more benefit. And it's, it's hard for people to understand that sometimes. And yeah. I, I guess from, from your point, you'd probably understand now that it's like, no, it is beneficial. Listen to the guy. But some days it's good to feel like a pussy because you don't train hard. And you think I've already done anything today. I burned enough cows so that my weight's still moving down, but I haven't really pushed myself. 
and then you, you start thinking, oh shit, I'm not really like training hard. And the next day then, like you have a sparring day and you literally feel on fire. And I've done it before where, um, like, especially when I was training out in Team Alpha Mill, because it was like hotter and I was training and I was pushing myself so hard in sessions. So like when, uh, last time I went out, I was, spa days were always Wednesday. So I'd have a hard day Monday. I do an early morning session on the Tuesday, which was hard. And then I would train again in the day. And I was like, it was such a weird concept for me just to train the one session, hard session. It was like a two-hour and a bit session and then do nothing else, do a bit of recovery. I think I went for light, light recovery run, which was ridiculously light. And the next day, I turned to sparring, and I was literally on fire. And yeah. um, it's like, otherwise, you just burn out. If you, if you think about it, though, um, and this is the hard thing for the average person. I mean, you're obviously... I, I'd put you in the cat, category of elite athlete. So you're not just somebody that does it on a weekend. This is your job. Yeah, uh, so you, you've got a slightly different perspective on it. But if you had Dave that works in the bank that is training with somebody, my advice to anybody that's listening to this is listen to the person that you're paying to do their job and make sure you do. And I spoke to, uh, to a guy that I respect very highly and I uh, literally yeah. listen to episode three. It's with a guy called Michael Blevins. He trained um, Henry Carville for Superman. He trained the stunt team and some of the actors for 300. Um, yeah, great guy. Super intelligent. He's, he's quite out there with some of his thoughts and stuff, but super, super switched on guy. Um, and I was just sort of, I was spitballing with him a little bit about my frustrations about when being a coach was my full-time job and having clients, um, friends going to the next fad of a gym it's like for you it's different but for you could you could you've obviously got friends and that that will go from gym to gym they might start they might get to blue belt and then they fuck off and they don't touch jujitsu for years and years and years um that's that sort of thing was always like a because if you just do your research find the guy that's been there for a long time find the guy that's got clients that have been with him for a long time that have got consistent good results and those those are those are the guys that struggle but it's, it's like when it comes to a lot of the gyms i train at unless you unless people have been training for more than two years there's a 90 percent chance I, I don't know your name mm-hmm. and that's not being disrespectful it's just a waste of my fucking time to remember your name like i struggle remembering things anyway but if, if you're <laughs> going to be there for two years and shoot off like two years is snappy fingers to me like yeah. se- i've been training 17 years which or eight no more than that now i'm 25 18 years october i think I may have to recalculate that. Um, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a long time, do you mean? Like, um, I'm 25, so, yeah, it's 18 and a half years. So, do you mean, I was, I was seven when I started training. Um, so, it's the majority of my life. Like, people say I've been training all, all my life. I've been training since I was seven. I'm now coming up my mid, well, I'm now 25. Do you mean, that is training most of my life. So, mm-hmm. For people who are going to be there for two minutes and then disappear, it just fries my head. And like I've had people who've been training two minutes try telling me about training and stuff like that. And I'm really open-minded listening to people and stuff. But there's like a lot of things like you're talking about. I've tried or I've been advised to try or like um, I've read up on it and we've tried it before. And it's like it's nice, nice for people to be open-minded and talk. But it's just like you get these questions. I know obviously if you were an SNC coach before, then you've had these messages before where people message you, oh, um, looking to lose weight, what do I eat? Yeah, and you're like less than you train, and they're like, 
well, that's the biggest answer. I'm like, no, buy a heart rate monitor. Everyone wears those Apple watches. They're shit, but they'll do for what you want to do. Grab a little Apple watch or a shit watch. You buy cheaper ones for 30 quid. Wear it in your day. Um, wear it to your normal training, uh, normal week, uh, normal week of where you do normal exercise. Thing. Work on how much calories you burn for that week. Add on a certain amount. Um, I can't remember how much you add on. I think per day, I normally add on 1,500 cals, and that's your daily total cows you're allowed that day and then mm-hmm. eat whatever the fuck you want as long as you don't eat more than those calories and you'll lose weight. And they're like, well, that don't make sense. Well, I, well, I can eat, just eat McDonald's. It's like, if you purely want to lose weight and you don't care what you look like and you just want to lose weight, you can eat whatever you want. And people are just looking at you and like, that doesn't make sense. But like, yes, it does. But it's like, <sighs> people just frame me. Like I had a conversation with the boys from the gym about stuff like this. And um, it's like people, like, Sage North gets a perfect example. So if you don't watch MMA, because obviously people are going to be watching this, won't watch Sage, um, won't watch MMA. Yep. Sage North gets a boy who's uh, younger than me. Um, he looks like a Denny God. He always does because he's constantly shredded. When I met the guy, he's unbelievably nice, but he goes to all you can eat buffets all the time to try and keep weight on because his metabolism is that fast. He burns <laughs> the weight. And people straight away, they go, that's not fair. He's dead and taking steroids. That guy's been drug tested more times than any other fighter apart from Conor McGregor. Yeah. So he's definitely not on juice. He just literally, I met his brother and his dad. His brother is literally same height as him, but he's like a stick insect because his metabolism is that fast. Yeah. So people, some people just have fat, fat, fast metabolism. They can burn weight. I'm not that type of person. Like if I rest, my metabolism speaks, um, actually, actually speeds up. Because when I'm training full time, I think I um I train too much. I think I da- my metabolism slows down a little bit. Yeah. Um. Obviously, due to the amount I'm training, so it's trying to hold on the calories. So um, it varies. But if you could just literally burn more calories, slightly more calories than you eat, you're gonna lose weight. And if you want to get into like my nutritionist, we talk about he's big on whole foods. He's on about like big on eating organic foods, organic eggs, foods that are sort of you know where they sourced from eating good good sources of fish. Um, obviously, he's, he, he's big on looking into the farming industry and um, obviously where these foods source from. He tries to get me to eat local all the time and um, try and find good sources of meat, big on meat and liver, steak, chicken. But um, it is the first time since I was a kid when I started, because I, I started working there when I was 20, I think. I think we worked in like five, four years, four years, five years. Um, it's the first time where I've actually enjoyed cutting weight. And mm-hmm. people look at me and they're like, what do you mean you enjoy cutting weight? Like, so before I started cutting weight, I was 83 and 83.8 kilos, and I'll cut down to um, 70 kilos. So that's 13.8 kilos I'll cut, which is just under well, just over two and a bit stone, two and a bit yeah. stone, yeah, six point something in a stone in there. So yeah. just over um, two and a bit stone, and I'll cut that piece of piss. Not a problem for me. Um, and obviously, I'm an anomaly when it comes to that because we water cut a stone, but I'm still cutting the stone by diet in. Um, I'll diet down to about 77 before I water cut 70, yeah, about 77, 76 in a bit. Mm-hmm. So it is literally, I get to eat loads of food. I eat as much salad, as much veg as I want because I exercise a lot. So all it comes down to is burn more than you eat. But for some reason, people just can't understand the concept of it. I think um, a lot of people are looking for that magic pill. Um, the, the It's human nature, isn't it, to um, try and find the easiest route to car blockers isn't they have you seen those where they actually sell people car blockers uh, apparently yep. they are a thing yeah do you well, mean? just just grow up just just go and run run or walk every morning like with a lot of the girls i spoke to because um i had a few females who i friends with for years messaged me saying look 
I'm really down on my outlook. Because boys don't. Like, one of my friends is 25-odd stone, eats loads of takeaways all the time. We've been on to him for weeks saying, look, I, for years, years and years, I've always said to him, look, if you ever want to lose weight, you don't want the boys taking piss out of you. Mesh me, we'll sort something out. He said, I genuinely love the way I look. And he's massive. <laughs> do you know what I mean he's like 25 stone he's 6 foot and he's do you know what I mean he's built like a, he's built like a bloody tank on wheels like a bloody postal van do you know what I mean yeah. but he's happy that size but obviously girls are a bit more um, I've had mentioned me saying look I really want to lose weight what can I do and I've I've helped them out so much like with a, one of the girls I was friends with I knew she always struggled the way she looked so I wrote her up a plan for her we went to what she was eating tired tidied up her calories and I remember she did well for about 4 weeks and then she went on the piss for two days, ate a load of shit. And then for the next week, she ate absolute nonsense. And then she messaged me saying, oh, I put a, put a couple of kilos back on. I'm like, look, if you want to go and just get blowed and smash as much KFC and McDonald's into you, then that's fine. But just don't waste my time. Like, you're not paying me. I'm doing it for a favor. I was like, yeah. I can't be asked to help you when I can't be asked to help myself most of the time. Yeah. So um, I think um, that... I, I have been sort of toying with um, maybe taking a few clients back on yeah. um, in my in my spare time. If I've got chance, I mean, I don't know how this podcast is going to go, really. I mean, I've had some pretty great guests as my first uh, five, if you know what I mean. I've had Rob Fusco, who's, um, who's a musician. I then had Daniele Bellelli, who has been on Rogan. Uh, I had Michael on the third. I just had Sean. Now I've got you. Mason the Dragon Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Champion of the world. Um, Champion of the world. Um, but I think I'm going to be incredibly selective if I, if I take anybody on. Because there's, there are loads of people who want to lose weight. But um, after speaking there's to Mike... people who want to waste your time. Yeah, of course. And that is the most important currency, really. Even, you know, whether you're an athlete, whether you're a coach, whether you're a chef, whether you're a dad, whether you're a mum your time is the currency. Um, it's not, it's not monetary. It's, and after speaking to Michael the other day, he, he was like, because he's very successful in, as a coach. Like I told you the people he's trained and you know, you don't get to that point by accident or if you're shit no. at what you do, same as yourself. You don't get to carry that belt around if by, by chance or by luck, that's, that's no. hard work. And I work in circumstances. And your hard work is your time and your, yeah. you know, your currency is worth more than somebody that doesn't work as hard as yourself. And I think um, what a lot of those people and anybody that's listening to this who does just think, oh, I just want to lose a bit of weight or um, first question you've got to ask yourself is why? Because they don't, they, you know, do, I, oh, because I, you know, I used to look like this or this is what the current trend is. You know, I want to have a small waist and a big ass. It's like, but why is that important? Why is that important to you? Because if it's not important to you, why am I helping you get to that goal? And like you said, if you're if you're willing to do to change enough to do it for five days a week, you should be willing enough to do it for seven days a week. And that's not me like preaching to no. the choir or whatever or whatever. It's like people need to understand that in order to make a beneficial long-term change, you have to, and it's not about like you, you hear these dickheads on Instagram, which is a big bugbear of mine at the moment. I think every podcast I've mentioned it, 
um and you mentioned like sage like you imagine if sage was just on instagram he'd have like hundreds of thousands of followers just because of the way he looks and like yeah. you said that the way he looks is the way he looks that's not that's not chemically enhanced that's not through i mean obviously he works hard and he trains and, and all the rest of it but like you said his brother who perhaps doesn't i don't know but yeah. is still he's still a slim guy and you have women like that and you have yeah. older people like that and some people do pay attention. Some people just have the genetics. And it makes me laugh because you go to a gym and you could have someone like you or I who the average person would probably look at. You know, say you're at the beginning of your weight cut and you're at your more natural weight. and you're Bloated there. and inflated. Yeah. <laughs> but you're just going through your regular gym routine or you've got me who, like, my, my physique rarely changes. I, I, I literally have looked like this since I was 18 years old. No matter how, you know, I get stronger or I get yeah. weaker, but I, I very rarely change physically. This is just, yeah, yeah. This, is, this is my physique. Um, I, I find it difficult to put weight on and I find it difficult to lose weight. I literally sit yeah. 73 to 75 kilos from 18 until, what am I, 37 now. Mm. And, but you might have someone like your friend who's 25 stone squatting, I don't know, say 200 kilos. That's the person that those people are more likely to go and ask how to train because yeah. of their because of their genetics because they see them lifting a lot or the other in, side of things they're sticking naughty stuff up in into them and they're in unbelievably shape and they eat off um, like I know boys uh, one of the boys I train with like nothing to do with the steroids thing actually this is completely different because he, he's actually clean and um, the only reason I know he's clean is because he's poor um, he's a full time fighter and I know he can't afford steroids so. Um, yeah. He has the same sort of metabolism. And I remember when he was cutting weight, he was still eating Ben and Cherries, a whole tub of Ben and Cherries once a week. But he was cutting from like 105 kilos down to 90 kilos. And um, he trains a lot. So his, his, obviously, he's allowed more calories and stuff. And he ate the sort of, he was eating in his calorie amount, but he was still eating a Ben and Cherries pot once a week. And then I know other side of boys. I know boy, one of the boys I used to do judo with um, and one of my club's friends have always been, the only time he told my, he, he told my coach, this is quite a funny story. So when we was in the Welsh team, my coach said to him, "Look, if you want to be in the if you want to be in the team, you have to stop, stop taking steroids because we can't be associated with that. You get no problem." And about a year or two later, um, my coach caught him taking clam, and he said, right. "We had a conversation about a year and a year or two years ago about you not taking steroids anymore." He said, "These are clam, clam ends steroids. Clam don't count as steroids." <laughs> but he's so funny. But he's always been open about what he's taking and like. Um, when he was also, when he used to go off and he he get massive when he wasn't competing and when he, he obviously he never did professional sport whenever um like he does as a hobby now whenever he got massive he, he's always been the person to like be like oh no yeah I take this this and this and he's always been open with it and um, I have so much respect for people like that whereas another boy who I trained with he always tried telling us it was natural and stuff and the shape he got into was always incredible and he was oh, adamant it was natural um and even when a couple of the boys caught him taking stuff. He was all, always adamant. They were lying and he was natural and like he'd never take this now. And like, I lose so much respect for people because it's people, like I said, on Instagram or in the gym and they're shredded, they're big boys, they can lift. And then they're smashing gear up um, and they're going to be telling yeah. people how to eat, how to train, or you just need to eat this and eat that and your weight will come off. It's like, well, that won't because like, you're taking supplements that are legal to, to, to boost your metabolism. They boost your hormones that deal with certain things. And like what you said about there's so many people on Instagram who do my editing. So I know there's a girl I used to sleep with um, who was knocking around before I met Matt. Um, 
and um, she's gorgeous. Um, she's a good-looking girl. Um, obviously, if man's watching this, she's not as pretty as you. Um, <laughs> but um, she's she's a good-looking girl. Um, she's always been slim and tiny, and like she's putting training programs out. And I'm like, like you go to the gym once a week. You're always being slight. You don't eat much. You're not in, you're not in phenomenal shape. Like, do you mean you're not? You, like, you can't be doing like a. Uh, like offering people programs when you pay someone to give you programs like what are you doing because you have no factual basis behind giving people training programs like I would never ever give someone a training program like if someone asked me about dieting I can help you knock a diet plan together but like obviously like I said if you want a professional diet plan I'll send you to my nutritionist but I'm ne- I would never ever give someone a training program because I have no clue why I'm doing tra- training program wise. My well, SC coach always gives me my plan. I would never give someone a training program. That's She's just it, not mate. Training- it's then people, they'll, they'll buy plans off the internet and all you do is literally write your name up at the top and send it to them and charge them 50, crown, 50 yeah. pounds. Do you know what I mean? It's, um, well, if you imagine that, that frustration and multiply that to that's your job and that's those people... Even down to people that get new qualifications from unnamed, um, very high-profile fitness companies that offer weekend courses, and now all of a sudden you're kettlebell, an instructor. Kettlebell instructor is the best one. I'll teach you how to be a kettlebell instructor. And it's like, do you know what I mean? Like you're, squat, you're squatting through your toes. Like what are you doing? You can't front squat through your toes. It has to go through your heels. No, no, no. My kettlebell instructor has said to me that my heels are allowed to come off the floor. Well, your cowbell instructor is a nonce. Do you know what I mean? What's what's, what's, what's the deal like? Do you know what I mean? Oh, fuck it out. Yeah, it's... It it, um, it does weigh me up the wrong way. It's... The annoying thing about the the fitness... And it it goes into martial arts as well. The... um, It's it's like the Wild West. Anybody can, can put anything out and people... Look, people buy into it and it's... But I will say I've turned a corner now. I, I don't get frustrated with it anymore. Uh, no, I know. I, it's the uh, same when I see people um, on martial arts pages. So like I've seen someone ripping in Dan Hooker and they keep saying, um, oh, Dan needs to work on his striking defense. I'm like, do you know what I mean? Like you cannot have opinion on things unless you've got a factual background there. Exactly. Like, it's like when you say, um, it's like, best example is like when you get in, like Formula One races and stuff and they're like, oh, he took the corner too wide. It was like, oh, well, that's fine. It was like, but when you've got someone literally up your ass trying to get around you, I was like, when they make slight mistakes, that is because you're getting pressurized and doing it. And like, it's the same thing. When you've got a striker who's there and they're trying to find gaps in your game, saying that the defense is shit is putting people, no matter how much people hate Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor is one of the best strikers in the division because Absolutely. he sees angles, his timing. And like, people will go, oh, he's overrated, this and that. Like, it, he's, you get smashed by so and so, and that's fine. But he's, you still can't take away the credentials off people. Like, he is legit. Like, you don't... Here's the thing. So I've always had for years... Um, one of the reasons I surround myself with people now, I, I only really get on with positive people. I can't, I can't deal with negative people. And, like, even like even if some of my friends struggle for mental health, they're still positive people. And they're always, like... one of the th- When I mean positive, I don't mean, like, their, their outlook on life is always positive. Because people struggle. Like, I'll have times where I just get really upset for a day. No reason why, where you just feel down. Hormones, dreaming, training, like you do. Um, but I mean, people who are always looking to better themselves. Like they are the people I surround them, I surround myself with. Like my friends, yeah. even my my buddy was twenty five stone. has no interest in losing weight. He's still always trying to better himself. Um, he's a nice guy. He's, you know what I mean? he's he, 
bought a house, he's doing a house up, he's happy with his job, he's always looking for a better job, better money. I mean, these people who always got positive mentalities, they're not, I don't like people who sit on their ass and literally all they do is drag other people down. And like the amount of people I've met who've literally turned around, or oh, the only reason he's done as good as he has is because like people say about me, oh, yeah, his dad supporting him. Um, because my dad just gave me a hundred pound a week to cover my cost when I was training in Cardiff, um, sponsors to the company, um, to cover me literally so I could buy enough food to train people. And that was when I was 17, 18, where other people were working and they were earning, do you know what I mean? I was on what, a hundred pound a week, which is what, five, 5,400 pound a year, 5,200 pound a year. Do you know what I mean? And people are like, oh yeah, but you've given everything you've earned. I'm like, I'm getting paid five grand a year. I was like, that is it. I was like, how much do you earn a year? Oh, yeah, but I work. I'm like, well, what do you fucking think I'm doing? Like, like I ain't getting thrown on my neck for a laugh. Like, it's like people say now, like, the only reason he won the belt and he's done as good as he did is because he got given everything. I'm like, what? Well, you think people let me punch him in the face? You think people let me not knock him out with a knee? Do you know what I mean? Like, I train harder than most people I would believe. Like, I don't have time off. Um, I don't rest. I eat. And I never really get off a diet because you, you get off a diet and you know this. You literally, you go from 0 to 60 in three seconds. And then in a month where I've had a diet and I've put on, I'm up to 83 and a half kilos. And that's not even, like, I'm not the type of person. I don't even like sweets. I eat chocolate now and again, but I prefer, I just like to eat, like, burgers and barbecue <laughs> yeah, and wings. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, that is the type of food I love. I love, like, American-style barbecue. And I, I just eat way too much food. But then that's always been the way I've been. Um, so this is why I choose to stay on a diet. And I choose to stay focused. And, like, I choose to be in the gym, pushing myself three to four times a day. I choose to run. I like, and I will never bitch about that. I will like, no matter how much I'll moan or how tired I am and stuff like that. I love my life. But like, don't, don't go telling me that like I'm being given the things I've been given. And like, I have known it. Cause it just makes me laugh because I'm like, like I will literally do stuff. You will never get the opinion, the option to show your life. Like, most, most of the people I went to school with, um, all they want to do, they just wanted to go out there a job, get a decent wage, marry, have kids, live in the house. And that's all well and good. But like, you can't turn around and then say, I'm stupid for wanting, to, wanting more. And like, okay, yeah, I don't have a lot of money at the moment. But like, I have aspirations, I have dreams, and I'm making them a reality. And it's like, I'm close to being in UFC, which doesn't mean I'll make a lot of money, but it means I'll actually, for the first time in my life, be on a normal wage like a, a decent wage as well because mm-hmm. i mean i'll be on i'll fight once a year minimum of 30 grand a year and that's without sponsors and stuff so i can build my profile and then i can start earning money from instagram i can start earning from this i can start pushing the companies i want to build like there's things i i, I want to do that the only reason i'm holding off because i don't have the money to do it at the moment and like i've got things in the pipeline i'm trying to do there's a company i'm, I'm really planning on starting my own company soon again like i, I run the i run the pub for a while and um it was sort of, it wasn't what I really wanted. And now I've sort of, I found a business I want to do. So I've got a really good plan on how I'm going to do it. And Mads helped me with the legal side of things. But like, this is the thing. I always surround myself positive people. And it's one of the reasons I get on you and Sean so well is because like, obviously Sean struggles from his mental health, the same as yeah. sort of like, ev- 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 everyone does to an extent. Like, this is the thing. Like, people don't understand. Everyone struggles. Just certain people are just cursed with it a lot worse than other people. And they, yeah. they're cursed to carry a burden with them no matter where they go. And, um, like that is never an excuse for being a positive person in the respect that they're always looking to benefit themselves. And Sean's the same, like to do, for doing what he's doing, for being able to run his own podcast, you know I mean? And like you mm-hmm. running your own podcast, taking a risk and putting yourself out there. That is trying to bet yourself, whether it earns you money, whether it doesn't, whether it helps you well, feel um, stress or not. 
it's That's benefiting yourself. Uh, my first guest made a great point, um, Rob. He he was the musician that I spoke to. He's yeah. also a massage therapist and he's a fucking beast in the gym as well, um, yeah. which is how me and him first connected. But yeah. he's also like he his his music style is the the like the hardcore punk. Yeah, yeah, I know. So it's a lot of screaming. Uh, Rob is the vocalist and lyricist, which I will say that a lot of the time I even said to him, I'd, A, don't know how he doesn't blow his throat out by the way he screams, and B, I don't always know what the lyrical content, but I bet it's good. Um, but he is also, shock horror, an avid chess player. Oh, awesome. And he's a chess, I think, I, I, I'm going to put this out there, this might be complete bro science or bro facts yeah yeah but i think i think i think he's (laughs) technically what they would consider a chess master so basically a black belt black belt in chess and he was he was talking about his first one of his first chess coaches um because they have like a ranking system a bit like you would in i don't know anything in anything where yeah the higher you rank the you know the better you are and his chess coach always told him don't chase the rank chase the moves so I, we were sort of equating this to social media because I was explaining my frustration behind like my photography and how I spent hours doing photography, editing things, making it look right, retaking photos if the lighting wasn't right, etc. Put it on Instagram, get twenty likes. Whereas you got, and again, I'm gonna BDS taking photos with a flannel and getting yeah. three million likes. Exactly, and um, and that's when he brought up the, you know, what his chess coach said: ch- chase the moves be a better chess player, don't worry about where the rank is. The rank, the, yeah. rank, the rank will follow. And that's exactly what I'm trying to, what, that's what I'm planning on doing with this podcast is that I'm not doing this for anybody else. It's my podcast, same as I, I posted out a picture of a tree yesterday, or two, well, the same tree twice um, from my, when I first started lockdown. I think we've spoken during lockdown yeah. about um, no, that's we messaged and stuff, yeah. and, and I took I, everything blows me. <laughs> I, I, I took my camera out a few times and I was walking the dog, yeah, and I, so. I noticed at the beginning of lockdown, it was not long after that second massive storm happened, and there was just like trees looking weird, debris all over the farmers' fields, which were next to the river. Just started snapping photos of that, and that goes on to like my third conversation, which was with Michael, and he said, "It's your social media, mate." He said, people have forgotten what that is for. He said that everybody's chasing the likes or the monetary um, value, value of, of it. social profile. Yeah. Um, he said, and social media is, that's, that's your platform. Expressing you. Yeah. So I posted two pictures of trees and they both got the same amount of likes as anything that I put 14 hashtags on. And that's yeah. what I, I want to continue that with this, this podcast. I don't want to have any agenda. I just want to chat to people who I find interesting. Um, you know, if if I've got you on, well, of course we're going to talk about stuff like the gym or f- fighting or fights that you got coming up or you know all anything, anything, anything you want to talk about. I love and, talking. And, <laughs> and what I kind of want to do is sort of get my own silly personality out into each episode of the podcast. Like, yeah. like I said, I like, spoke to Michael. He's trained Henry Carville. I've got in yes. in in essence. I've got no business having a, a two and a half hour conversation with him, but we, we chatted exactly the same as we're chatting now. And hopefully from each podcast, something 
will come up. Something will resonate with somebody in some way. You're like, you know, somebody might listen back to what we've just been talking about and be like, you know what? I am that arsehole that keeps messaging friends that may be a trainer or a fighter or a football player, a rugby player about how they're training when really I need to be readdressing why I want to do it. And in that sense, you know, I've done some good in the podcast, but also we might have a laugh and a joke and they find that funny too. And that's, you know, that's sort yeah. of how I want all this to go. And um, I'll tell you who, what we haven't spoke about in, in a little while. And I've got my friend who I didn't mention on Sean's podcast. Cause I didn't know if, if he'd want to because of his job, but he's coming on the podcast on Wednesday and he's uh, the guy that I was telling you about that does the parachuting still. Yeah. So. Um, and I'll tell you something What's else. His name? Uh, Steve Webb, his name is. Steve Webb. Um, I'll, um, I can send you his uh, Instagram, Facebook stuff. If you go through yeah. my, if you go through my Instagram, you'll see him. He's a massive, massive tan, uh, tanned, 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 tanned guy. Always wearing a fucking vest in the gym. Um, yeah, I love a good vest, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's one of my silly, silly brain things. I don't actually mind a vest until I see somebody wearing a vest all the time, and then it bothers me. Um, <laughs> Get some sleep. Um, but I'm, I'm going to be speaking to him about a potential another podcast that I'm, I'm really, really trying to get hold of, which I won't mention on here because that will give away his job. And uh, unless he talks about it on Wednesday, I can't really. Get he's on. in there. Uh, he's in there on on the work van. Yeah. Um, on the nose work. Yeah. He. But what I was going to say was. In, in that sort of, because you, you obviously really enjoy your parachuting and whatnot. Um, yeah. Oh, I, te- I need to send you the photos I did of my dad as well. Um, yeah, send Because, you, know, you know, I said to you about him doing... Scott, you did the jumping and all, didn't you? Yeah, but I found some photos of him jumping with literally a VCR on. So he's, <laughs> he's got the VCR in his front and the camera is like... the. Oh, no. Like, for those just listening, it's literally like a two-foot camera on his head. <laughs> and, <laughs> just, and, it, and it's tied with bungees, like like you'd put something in the back oh, of your car. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, it's mad. And oh, there's, there's other photos of him doing um, doing the free-falling like, display stuff with all the smoke yeah, coming yeah. from and Yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. I'll, I'll, I'll send you the photos over. Because I, I was yeah, going to put them out on Instagram, but then I thought, you know that's, that's my old man. Because I, I did the Father's Day for him. I digitalized them. and hey, then edited- um, it's part of your heritage, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say was, that whole parachuting thing, I've become such an aviation wanker. I literally sit in my garden, and every time any flying object goes over my house, I'm videoing it, taking photos, and then I send it to Sean, especially if it's a military one, and just put up, put up the message, Harry Spotter. And um, he then tries to work out what it is and if he doesn't know he'll send the picture to some of his friends that are still and they'll in the know where it is and they're like oh that's a puma or that's a, a lynx or, or whatever the, yeah. the helicopter is but yeah i've even got sky tracker and all sorts on my phone now so i can tr- try and find out what's going up going on same watches yeah i've, I've actually what been do they call them they call them something don't they what's it called people who look at who, who do that plane spot is it, isn't I, it? I, I think it like, is yeah like train spotters is plane spotters yeah i remember the- there's a video of a guy, um, it was a story I read with a guy, and um, he was a train spotter. And there was a guy who stood this bridge for ages. So the guy came across from the look, man, wherever it is, you don't need to do it. Like, so James, he's going to kill himself. He's like, no, he's like, I just like to record, um, I just like to take photos of the trains. 
Yeah. It's like, oh, people are weird, man. Do you know what I mean? But like, if that's your thing and that's what you like, like, I am, um, I'm into weird stuff myself. Do you mean like I do the skydive and I do this? Um, I like to learn out there. I think I've had a, I've really been interested in, um, in learning sign language and me and my girlfriend's been big on doing it. So eventually we will start to learn. I want to learn Spanish and there's all sorts we want to do, but, um, these are things like that I'll get to eventually. And, um, like, it's just another thing. Like if that's your interest and you go for it, like that's, that's the thing. It's, you're bettering yourself. I've, I've got like, a massive on people bettering themselves. I'll say, I, me and my daughter, well, I used to speak a lot better Spanish than I do now. She's got out of practice mm. because not speaking to anybody in Spanish. Um, I also speak a bit of Chinese. Well, oh, class. How do you speak Chinese? I, um, I used to work in a Chinese restaurant. Uh, so in terms of, like, I can still go into a restaurant now and order what I want in Chinese, in China, but I'm a bit out of practice. I can still say, hi, how are you? Etc. I can swear quite a bit because yeah. I'm obviously working in a kitchen. But um, first, first things you need to work out is I would say hello, I would say thank you, and I would tell someone to go fuck their dog. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're, <laughs> they're the three things you need, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But I was going to say, with the Spanish thing, I'll, I'll send you an app that uh, Georgie uses, and she, I mean, she's a kid, so they pick up stuff really, really quickly when it comes to languages. But she, um, she loves it. She uses Duolingo. But, yeah, um, that's what she just, uses. Yeah, I just fell behind in it. So um, it's something I'll have to get back to, but I've just got so many things I want to work on, and then I do nothing. So it's trying to get things sorted. And so I'm going to start writing lists and going through it all. But um, yeah, it's one of the things on, on my agenda, and I will get there eventually. And before I have kids, I definitely want to do the sign language because if I can't, if I, I was raised obviously speaking English and when I have a child, the only thing I want is I want to raise a child who speaks, I have a two languages who can speak and do sign language just because it gives them off to a big start. And um, it's just something that they'll be able to do for the rest of life. Do you know what I mean? Especially if yeah. you keep encouraging them, keep them on, on the track. Like I wish I learned Welsh when I was a kid um, as a Welsh sort of citizen. I, I generally do wish I could speak Welsh because um, I do feel like I've missed out on a bit of my heritage and stuff, but I have zero interest in learning to speak Welsh. Like my coaches speak Welsh, so I could, but I just, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. Well, when I played football in the Welsh league, I remember going up to uh, Wrexham, I think it was. Yeah. And we stopped off to get, um, you know, just stop off, have a piss, grab some Lucas aid, spoke to the person behind the counter in English, just like, uh, you know, hi, how are you doing? The disgust. In, in this woman's face because she and she spoke to me back in Welsh and I was like I didn't even realize this was a thing and I genuinely didn't I didn't realize that in the north of Wales they yeah. are quite quite big on speaking only, speaking, only speaking Welsh which I can understand to a certain degree because well not really no do you mean like if uh, I don't know that's that's another discussion because like it's okay but if I went to Poland and I can't speak Polish, and I literally struggling. Or again, if someone, if if I spoke Polish, and someone come across, um, and literally was trying their best to speak English, but they struggled, and I know how to speak Polish, I'm going to speak to them in Polish. Do you know what I mean? yeah. You just try and make people lives easier. Just because you can speak Welsh and you want everyone to speak Welsh doesn't mean everyone is going to speak Welsh. And on the other side of thing, you have to obviously like like you did. There's sometimes where if people want to speak their own language, they can and. Like I said, I love to learn, but then I'm not going to be the type of person who's going to abuse someone or like give someone <laughs> yeah. a funny look because they can't speak the language of the country you're in. Yeah. I say, I, um, there's always two sides to a coin. This, um, that brings you on to like, a, 
uh, a silly holiday idea I've always had, and that is to go to a really remote village in in either France or Italy where they don't speak English and try and stay there for two weeks, learn a bit of the language, uh, eat, eat cheese, drink wine, live on a little farmhouse for a little while. It's like a, a, up there with my top things I want to check off my, my list. Three months, five days in Brazil without yeah. learning a lick of Portuguese. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah, I, um, I tried. Um, it was just the fact that um, it was such a weird country. So, like, it is the nicest population of women you'll ever meet in your life. Like, they're so polite, inclusive, and they want to make your life easier, so they help loads. And in the opposite side of things, it's such the biggest population of male dickheads I've ever met in my life. <laughs> like, they're the type of people, you know those people who come up to you, when they look at you, they shake your hand, they look you up and down, and they weigh you up thinking, can I take this guy? Every yep. single person I met in Brazil, apart from some of the cool older heads who had been through it all, which was a minority, did the same thing. They'd look at you, they'd weigh you up, and they just, I, I hate male posture when it comes to stuff like that. Like, I think it's yeah. because I've always learned how to fight and I've always been game for a scrap. I've just never been the type of person. Like, I will never look at you and sort of have to weigh you up and stuff because it don't bother me. Like, do you mean? Like, I'm polite yeah. and I'm well mannered. It's, it's an ego thing, isn't it? To go, do you mean? It's pathetic. But anyway, so, um, Every time I try speaking Portuguese, I just got ripped into, um, especially by the, the men. Um, but I remember I was sleeping with a girl out, out, out there. We got on really well. And she looked American. Even though she was Portuguese through and through, she had a sort of American look to her. And because she learned English by watching films, yeah, she had an American accent. So um, remember, we sat outside a bar. Um, and this is a thing in, in Brazil, if you didn't know. We sat outside a bar speaking in English. Obviously, she sounded American and I sounded like a hillbilly from nowhere. Um, I remember speaking and um, the sort of the guy who was serving come across, looked at us in disgust, um, added like a number to the bill and gave it to us. And she looked at it and just gave him an absolute tatering in Portuguese. And he didn't even look shocked. And all it was, he'd added on 20% onto the bill in gringo tax. So gringo tax is where, because yeah, you're a foreigner... Person, yeah. They'll add twenty percent on, or they'll add a certain amount on, just because they can, because they think you've got money, and yeah. they generally don't pay. So I, um, she gave the tater in, and um, he said something back about her being a foreigner, and she went off on him. And like we were out, the, we were out multiple times, and um, we were talking English, and someone—it's always the men—made a comment about us, like called us something like foreign dogs or something, and she turned yeah. off and gave an absolute verbal abuse. Yeah. And um, I just sat there laughing and um, sweating, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's nice. And like, if I'd gone there um, with the sort of mentality of trying to learn, like I know there's boys out out there who I was who were out there a bit longer than me actually, and they learned almost fluent Portuguese by being out there and doing nothing but speaking the language and yeah. forcing it and speaking to girls who speak English and trying to help there. And like, wait, when you have to learn something, the human brain is such a smart device that you literally you can learn things so quickly and pick things so up. Uh, pick things up so well but I just did it because I was I was determined not to give in and even have conversations with people so I just yeah. I was happy being ig ig ignorant which is not a big point but it was just sort of um, it, it sort of cemented my views on Brazil like um, I have friends from Brazil and then I have people who I happily never see ever see them again because mm -hmm. that was what Brazil was to me and that was my whole experience of Brazil it's a nice place but um, it's filled with dickheads even though normal places are it's a bit more yeah. normal 
Yeah, I always found um, I've I've holidayed in in Malta a lot since I was a kid, and I learned. Oh, hang on. Where they go? Here we are. Here we're we back. Are. Um, yeah, I found the easiest way to that I. It's, it's a long-standing family joke of mine is I always make a friend, a local friend, <laughs> whether it's a, a barman um, or a shopkeeper or whatever. Mm. I'm always, and my first thing I always do, especially if it's a country I haven't been to is I try and learn how to say hello, please. Thank you. Thank you. And I've, I found in, especially in Malta because I forget Maltese and then I pick it back up once, once I'm there. It's a very difficult language because it's like a mixture between Arabic, English, and Italian. Yep. Um, but the easiest thing to do, like the hello, like Italian, ciao, and thank you, grazie. So it's a bit like Italian. Italian. And then yep. thank you very much is grazie, Hafner. And then as soon as you can say that, to it, 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 that's where the Italian and the Arabic comes German. in. German. Is it Arabic? Is it, is it yeah. German? Grazie, but, Hafner. So it's like a... Comes from the back of the throat, and um, but as soon as a local see, uh, like hears you trying to, Try. then and they remember you, then oh, there's the English guy that pronounced the word slightly wrong, but he's giving it his best, and they treat you better, and they give you better advice on where to go. Like you want a quiet spot on a beach? Oh yeah, you want to go down yeah, there yeah, yeah. because you're not the dickhead that turns up in his his Union Jack shorts. Beatles, yeah, yeah. Um, or you should be speaking English. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's like I said. My uh, my dream holiday is to one day go somewhere like like France or Italy and just go somewhere where they really don't speak very much English enough that I you know if I can't can't communicate with them they can at least give me a little yeah help. But, but <laughs> I, I, I'd like to get I'd like to get, I guess what I'm saying is I'd like a like a really authentic is, experience and get lost for a bit yeah um, and that was. A completely random tangent we went on there, mate. So, <laughs> uh, I get it like that. It's um, no, um, so pick us so, back up. Where we going? There's there's a few few aspects of this show that I want I want to cement that it's especially with people that I know on a personal basis that I haven't just sort of reached out to. Um, I put it out on Instagram a few months ago, so I want to get together sort of like a put something that I can put out and get people's opinion on, which is things. And it's literally on you. It's not on, there's no feedback from me other than that. I can possibly help you get to my sort of headspace on this. So stuff that's overrated and stuff that's underrated. And it could yeah. be literally anything like, um, I'll just give you an example and it doesn't have to be food, but it can be food if you, if that's where your brain goes. So like a fish finger sandwich. For me, that is massively overrated and it shouldn't be a sandwich. For, I'd say, 95% of my friends and associates, they all go, no, that is underrated and it should be talked about a lot more. Um, a underrated thing, what's it like? Well, I'll give you Michael's example that he did uh, yesterday, not, uh, Wednesday. Is He said that self-improvement is overrated but self-analysis is underrated. So there's... Oh, I, can, I can follow that. So there's the sort of golf in what people find underrated and overrated, but I'd be interested to see if you've got like any items or any 
singers, fighters. Anything. Thanks for the heads up, Jimmy. Jimmy, yep. thanks for the giving me the option of prepping for this one. I would have really, <laughs> really enjoyed that. <laughs> uh, no, um, oh god. So I got a lot of these, which is something. So for me, bread is overrated. Overrated. I hate bread. Why? Uh, mainly because I'm a celiac. Um, oh, so <laughs> I've always seen that then people rely on bread and pastries too much. Um, even though obviously, yeah. Uh, People do wonderful things with it. So it's, it's almost like bread is... When you're ordering, you're the one that's always ordering the gluten-free. Gluten-free. Mm. Uh, Even though I know a lot of stuff isn't gluten-free. I thought and like, that it was Madison. Like, oh, you can't have this. I'm like, no, 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 it's me. I've been to celiac since I was seven. Uh, since I was seven, so I was one. Mm. Training since I was seven. That's why I get confused yeah. sometimes. No, um, since I first started eat, eating solids when I was a baby, um, I almost died. I had severe um, celiac to the point where I almost died. Oh, really? Um, I had brittle bones in the end. Um, I had a, my parents always called it the diaphragm bod, where um, I had the swollen stomach. Like, you see the black kids yeah, yeah. Um, in Af- Africa. I shouldn't yeah. say that. The kids in Africa who were sort of really, like, emasculated arms, tiny legs, and a massive swollen stomachs. So I look yeah. like that. Um, right. uh, because literally my diet, my stomach was just so out of sorts, and they didn't know what it was. And... Um, my parents got accused of child abuse because my bones were so brittle. I remember I fell down a step and there was like, there's no physical way you could have broke his bone this way. And they was like, look, he just literally fell. And it took years until um, they were going through back and ball tests all the time. And um, my mom was kicking up fast all the time. And then they were like, oh, he's a celiac. So um, I remember when I was like, well, I don't remember. They, they've told me, you remember, we was like three. Um, they used to take me out for meals. And um, they never used to go out because my parents used to be quite poor at the time. And um, the only time we'd ever go out, the only thing I could eat on the menu was a steak. So yeah. they like they'd order like a steak and stuff, and they'd always try to give it to my dad. They're like, no, it's for the three-year-olds in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you something that's um, quite interesting about that from um, from a work perspective is the amount of people who claim to be gluten intolerant. And I've always had this argument: like, you could, yeah, you can be intolerant to stuff, but what a big thing for me is people click because they go to these holistic therapies and they get a prick in their arm and then they rub the substance on their arm and they go oh yeah you've reacted look if you cut yourself and you rub anything on there it's going to react it's an open wound that's that's generally how those things work that's your body trying to reject something going in but also it fucking winds me up because it does a disservice to people who genuinely have fucking allergies to things I've had people come in say they're allergic allergic to salt. It's like your body has it. Like I understand that there you there's a very small percentage chance that you do. You are actually allergic. Yeah. There's a very small. But if you don't like something, you're in a restaurant. Just say you don't want that item. Don't say you're fucking allergic to it because it does a what massive thing. So like because it will, what what happens is, and I'm this is not in the restaurant that I work in because we take allergies very serious. Yeah. Yeah, but, you do, Fibula. I've been there and I can actually think they are really good in, at that. In some restaurants, you could have, uh, if you constantly get that, the chefs are going to get complacent and be like, oh, fuck it. It's like, what's the worst Whip that can happen? What's the worst that death. can happen? Well, yeah, ob- <laughs> obviously death. death but, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, I, it, it fucking yeah. winds me up. And, and also, if you, if you think you've got an intolerance to something, then go get checked out properly. Get your blood work done. Don't go to some fucking Mary that's got a shop in a in a high t- high town that's trying to sell you products and tell you that you're allergic to 17 mm-hmm. different items when you're not 
you just so like for me as a celiac so this is where people get um, this is one of the things i try to explain to people because sometimes you will see me eating things i'm not allowed to eat so as a celiac i was born with a autoimmune disease which basically means that when gluten enters my body my body sees it as a virus and everything goes into overdrive so it takes a certain amount to trigger me but i always get sort of uh, like sort of anyway so let me try and explain it so if i ate a normal slice of if i come in at a burger didn't forgot to order gluten-free and i ate, ate the bread um depends how much was how much gluten was in there and how how much i had in my system anyway um, normally it'd start this way. So I normally get mouth ulcers up here mm-hmm. within probably about 30 minutes. Then I normally get irritated, swollen stomach. Then I get severe diarrhea and severe vomiting. And then I normally get flu-like symptoms, um, aching pains because my body literally just doesn't know what's happening and starts yeah. attacking everything, going into shutdown. But on the other side of things, um, if I went in the Chinese and I wanted to eat something um, like black bean sauce, Yep. In veg I had the other day. There's not actually gluten in there, but what it is is on certain soy products, they add gluten in as a thickener. So certain, yep. so it's a minuscule amount. I had, uh, before I was cutting, I think one of my last things I had, um, when I was starting to come on a cut, I had um, stir-fried black bean veg because it was allowed in my meal sort of thing. It was a bit of a, uh, a good cheat. Um, so I had that with some chicken and um weighed out amount of rice weighed out amount of chicken um and i remember i had mouth ulcers and a swollen stomach the next day because it irritated me a little bit um but like i can get away with it i mean i'm not a type of person who's gonna you can open a pack of nuts when i'm out i'm not gonna like inhale it and die yeah so i am um, lucky on, on on it to be honest i i um have an actual intolerance to gluten and yep. it ma- manifests itself in that I lose pigmentation in my skin. As you can see, I'm oh, qu- quite a dark skinned person anyway. Yep. And what would happen is I'd get oh, arm- arms, uh, I'd get patches all over my arms. Yeah, like yeah. A, like, what's, the, what's it called? Uh, uh, There's a disease you get, I don't know, when um, it happens. Uh, vitiligo. Something like that, yeah. Something yeah. like that. And it would literally be on the darkest parts of my body, so my arms. Uh, my neck stuff like that if you look on my twitter if you actually zoom in on there's a picture of me holding the kettlebell above my head if you actually zoom in on the picture you, you can see a patch see, in your arm you, you can see well it's lots it looks like a bit like leopard spots all over my arms um but my like i said mine isn't an allergy to the extent that yours is and i since working with the beefy boys i was like i've got to be around gluten all the time and so what I did is I sort of drip feeded myself, drip feed it, drip fed, build up a tolerance to it. Um, yeah. That's one thing I can't do, like because yeah, obviously, obviously, I get rage like a fucking. I react really to it, but, but, but um, what I will say I get is away with it as well. Is I still limit the amount of gluten mm-hmm. products that I will take in, <laughs> and I, I would never ever go into a restaurant and order a gluten free bun because it's not necessary. but it's funny because you like these are symptoms that i didn't even realize until you started saying them that i do actually get which is yeah if i um say georgie wants wants pizza i do get mouth ulcers and i do feel like shit like yeah like i'm getting ill 
it never manifests itself to like a full illness or anything, but that yeah. does happen. And irritate your stomach's another big yeah, one. Yeah. And, and, like just and IBS. The diarrhea side of it, that happens. And yeah. it's it's always like a real weird one. It's like, but do you know what I mean? It might be a homemade pizza that I've made her. Not yeah. even thinking about it because it's not a de- it's not something. Yeah. Say we go say we go out I for a, say I go out for a meal. I'm not ordering a sandwich and I'm not ordering a burger. And it's it's sort of a, a learnt behaviour that I've got is that I won't look at those products when I go because for such a long time it was like no i need to restrict that same as like sugar in my coffee i used to have uh, my coffee milk uh two sugars read an article once uh, by a trainer that i greatly appreciate and think that he's fucking brilliant and he drink it black yeah drink it black appreciate the caffeine and use it and i was like well, that's how i drink my coffee now and yeah, I, I ice them, I do. Ice, ice them. I love an iced coffee, just nice yeah. black espresso. Yeah, that's what. That's why really? I have one, especially when it's hot. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I'm nice. I'm always like, can I have a coffee? Like, How do you want it? Black, like my soul. Um, that's, that's... <laughs> <laughs> or black um, tea. Do you drink tea as well? I don't drink tea. I, can't, I, do, I... Uh, I drink black tea with a bit of hun- honey, and it is yeah. the best thing ever. Especially when you're cutting weight. I have a mug. I'll grab it before I go. I have a mug about this big that I fill with black tea, a bit of honey, and I smashed into me. And when you diet in, if you're hungry, it's one of the best things you can do because you drink a full pint of tea, you'll feel sick as a dog, and you will not want to eat. So it gives you a certain amount of time in between sessions when you just want to chill out a bit, where you feel a little bit queasy and you're not that hungry because it does, it gives you a weird feeling where you're full, but you're not full. Yeah. And, this, and I love the taste of black tea. So um, I'm a black tea, black coffee kind of guy. Like. Right, so have we got an underrated? Underrated. Uh, God. Cheese. Let's go with cheese. Cheese. So we, we, cheese we is massively with... underrated for me. Um, cheese or mushrooms? Oh, I'm going with mushrooms because people piss me off. Mushrooms. Don't like mushrooms. Mushrooms then. Mushrooms. Literally, one of the only things, especially when you're you're on a, a calorie controlled diet, you have a curry, um, homemade curry. Obviously, you can make them clean as hell. Especially you add a bit of chilies in. Um, you mean you, you're banging good stuff in there? Veg, tomatoes. Um, some, you can make some good sauces just for like a spice blend, um, chicken. People always forget, if you put a good bit of mushroom in there, you're bulking it up, you're hardly adding any calories to a meal, and it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Anything. you can, Mushrooms make anything so much better. 100%. Well, that's, that's, that is a controversial one because there's a lot, of peop- a lot of people who are not a fan of mushrooms, my brother included. He does not like he, – he's like, I've, I'm not eating fungus, mate. That's not happening. And he also doesn't like cheese. Sean. Yeah, we're talking about Sean. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna glass him next to yeah. <laughs> yeah. him. Like, well, we, who doesn't but, like cheese? You like cheese? Sean, like cheese? I love cheese. Yeah. There's um, sorry, I know I get distracted again, but I do that all the time. So there's a Blanavan company that make cheese, right? They're called the Blanavan Cheese Co. Mm-hmm. And they make one called Dragon's Breath, and it is the best cheese you'll ever try in your life. So I'll bring one up to you next time. Oh, nice one. Well, we're gonna try and get over for the fight anyway, aren't we? We're gonna try and meet up and have some food and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. But, so mushrooms, yes. And here, here's a funny one for you from a chef's point of view. But fuck off, who am I kidding? From my point of view, this is this is where the obsessive conversive bit comes from. Do yeah, you, know yeah. what, you know what fucking winds me up more than anything? When you get a, <laughs> here we go, and what's that? If you get a vegetarian in to oh. our restaurant, which is fine, being vegetarian, come and eat our food. Vegans confuse me because you're paying to the contribution of what we're doing. So I never understand vegans that come in. But more power to him. Just have your whatever the fuck you're eating. The vegetarians 
that are like I don't want I don't want onions and I don't want mushrooms or or, or whatever that I what do you actually want to like, eat like in my head my silly silly brain is like if you're vegetarian you eat all the vegetables and it's a stupid thing but it literally it triggers me it triggers me <laughs> I get a ticket come in and I'm like don't pretend to be vegetarian then if you don't eat all the thing which is stupid because you get people who eat meat who don't eat pork or lamb or whatever but just it it's a, a cause of massive infuriation for me just in general like you have you have a mate come over and he's got his new girlfriend and she's vegetarian and you're like oh what do you want me to do i'll you know i'll knock up uh, this this or, oh no i don't eat that like, do you want a knife in the side of your head <laughs> <laughs> um, um, you ever go vegan restaurant I haven't. I haven't. And I always have a, a silly little argument with people when you get vegans that come in that want to check what we can do and where it's cooked, blah, blah, which is fine. Like, be vegan. That's fine. I've yeah. literally got no problem with anybody who wants to be vegan. But I can't be non-vegan, go into a vegan restaurant and ask them to cook something that isn't on their menu. Like I can't say, yeah. you know, I eat meat. Can I have some chicken? Can you bang some chicken in our, uh, our five bean salad, yeah. please? Yeah, no worries, mate. I'll just whip it up and fry them too now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is what it is. So. Well, I went to a, a friend of mine who was in London. I got to go soon as well. I can't. Yeah. I get carried away. So, um, but anyway, um, so a friend of mine who was in London um, when I was up there doing one of my training camps the once, um, she's like, I know a good vegan place to go to a vegan place. So I'm like, I eat food. I don't care where it comes from, what it likes. Mm-hmm. I like I like vegetables. I like I, there's not much food I don't like. So we went to this vegan restaurant. We sat there, um, ordered food. Cost like fifteen pounds for this meal, like for me, without yeah. a dish. Come across, lovely, absolutely stunning. But I ate it. We left. Like we had a good. We were there for an hour. Our had food. It was lovely. Left. I walked out there. Walked down the road into Nando's and ordered butterfly chicken breast with a side of mash and some peas and smashed that in, in me. Then and she was like, "How are you still hungry?" I'm like. That was literally, because for me, obviously, because I can't eat breads and stuff, I had rather one of the salad option sort of things. It was like, um, it was like pure vegan. So there was no carb sort of dishes with it because I struggled with carbs. So even obviously, I know bread isn't a vegan dish, but there's certain parts to a vegan diet that I can't eat because obviously the carb content and stuff mm-hmm. and certain things. So um, it was like, it was, it was nice. It was lovely, but it wasn't filling at all. I'm like, I have never understood how vegans actually get full. Like, do you just keep eating veg until you're full? Because I can eat a shit ton of veg. Like, I'll have Sunday lunch tomorrow. I'll have um, I'll weigh my chicken out or my beef or lamb, whatever meat we're having. I'll weigh it out. I'll weigh my potatoes out. And then I will eat as much veg until I'm full. That is a lot. And then if it wasn't for the potatoes and meat, I don't think I'd still get full. So, so how do you sort of eat a vegan diet <coughs> and manage to hit all your sort of your your macro counts and stay fit i just don't i've never understood it i think um i think if any athletes bodybuilders etc claim to be vegan i think they have to admit that they take a lot of supplementation to ensure um and i do think that they quite often claim to be plant-based but that that their plant based is quite often filled out with grains and uh, yeah. wheats and stuff, and I think, yeah, technically it's plant based, but I think they do bulk their diets out a lot of the time with uh, you, you sort of you carbs. Know. Yeah, and it's, it's not it's, it's not necessarily the healthiest way to eat. 
and that's not a, a dig at anybody that's vegan. That's just reality. Mm. It's mo- most most vegans, I'll say, probably aren't as healthy as they like to think they are. Right, last last one then, mate. Something irrational, so completely stupid, that you were afraid of when you were a kid, or something that oh. scared you. Like a story of like a time that you were scared, and you look back and you go, "What was I scared for?" Well. We've got, like, we've always lived in a, a vicarage. So when I say we uh, and always the Europe, I think we were two when we moved in and it was an old vicarage and it's, like you said, it's an old building. So I remember, um, I remember when we were younger, like there was, there was a, a picture frame that my mom had got from somewhere on the stairs and it was always called the Dirty Stairs because when they moved in, my mom and dad didn't have that much money. So they started doing the house up and stuff and there were certain parts of the house didn't get done. So there was this old stairs, this old picture on. And I had a photo of a little girl. And, um, like, there was more to it. My, my parents don't just have photos of little girls in the house. Uh, yeah, 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 just, yeah. I didn't even... It was one of them old, old photos. Like, But then I remember we went on a ghost train ride. And I swear to God, that same little girl was on, on the ghost train ride as one of the ghosts in the thing. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, when I, I was to the point I was about nine or ten, I hated this photo to the point where I took it down and made my parents move it and put it somewhere else. Um, yeah, I had a rational fear of that, and I had a fear of the dark when you were a kid. Like, every, I think most kids do get to a certain point where you're scared of the dark because yeah. um, you sort of you, you sort of don't know what's there. Yeah. And um, I think that's just sort of a primal fear, isn't it? I think, yeah, it's a human thing, isn't it? Survival thing, isn't it? But um, yeah, I've never really been scared of many things. Like, um, I remember one time I was sort of I started to get a stupid fear of heights, so I took myself skydiving and, and started learning how to skydive. Mm-hmm. Um, did some sort of high top stuff and um, some stupid like um, hang off some buildings and stuff like that. But that's the, sort of my personality. I hate being afraid of stuff. So I don't really have anything I'm afraid of. Um, yeah. Touch wood so far. Do you know what I mean? So I may come along and maybe just yeah. More. But but the the section of this uh, I I want to sort of continue is just finding out silly things like like you said like you're scared of the, the, the picture. picture yeah and that I think that's fucking brilliant because like all of us have those things and I, 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 I remember just at times when I was a kid I was scared of fucking everything like literally <laughs> everything I, 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 I'd see I, I re- this is just coming back to me now I remember in my in my parents garden I was probably nine or ten years old and for some reason I don't know what the fuck was wrong with this frog but it was bright orange with black spots and it was uh, so for a real frog a real frog which i ended up putting a bucket on and watching it hop around inside the bucket you get an orange frog from i've got i've got, I've got no idea I, I, well that's what i thought um uh and i remember just being because i put the bucket this this is how much of a scaredy cat i am i put the bucket on it eventually the frog had got out it disappeared it's made its way it was only like a small like, bucket you'd take to fucking barry island or something yeah, and yeah. It was it was moving around. It was a big old. It might have been the toad. I, I don't know the difference. Yeah. I'm a moron. But it was um, <laughs> it's 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 hopping around the garden. Eventually, next day, I think frog's gone. Toad, whatever, it's gone. Now I would never use that that bucket ever again, in case it was poisoned. That's that's what I mean. Like stupid irrational things that when you're a kid. Yeah, yeah. And like I'm always. I'm a bit like that still now. Do you know what I mean? And like, I know people, I'm growing veg in my garden at the moment. And I know people that 
if there's a little bit bitten out of it, they're like, oh, I'm not eating that because, you know, there's a bug's been on it. It's like, like an idiot. You're an idiot. But like I said, my brain goes there as well. I'm trying to think of something recently. Well, what's the thing they did? Remember, there was um, an internet thing where there's, uh, um, there's a phobia, which I think a lot of people have. For, have you seen the thing where they Photoshop loads of holes on, on top of things? Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Hands, with yeah. Like, the holes on the top. Yeah. And um, there's those things, there's like the worms that crawl out of them. So like they mm-hmm. Photoshop like human hands, well, like palm with all the holes in it, and there's yeah. something like coming out of it. Like if that doesn't freak you out, to a certain extent, when you see those, then there's something clearly wrong here. Because those <laughs> videos drive me wild. Even though you know it's fake, you know it's products. Like, just the fact that you've got all those holes. I think it's because, as obviously, you know that human skin contains microscopic holes in, in, yeah. in, in any way. Do I have something like that be, obviously, where they've been, ex- like, stretched to the, certain, the extent, just, oh, goes through me. But, um, yeah, no, I'm, it's the human brain, and you know? like, we've got one of the most strongest, well, we've got one of the, we've got such a strong imagination and sort of visualization skills. Like our brains are so strong that we can literally sit there and make ourselves petrified of something simple just by thinking and overthinking things. And that just shows obviously how easy it is to slip in into a hole when it comes to mental health as well. Because we like the human brain is so strong that you can make something so little be so heavy. Yeah. You can sort of like just crush yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know firsthand that, I mean, I, I think I said on, um, episode three uh, I, I found out in lockdown that i actually am an anxious person i hadn't made that self-analogy ever before just thought that i got a bit stressed out when um i was expecting to do things um but the more i think about it it's like no that's that's anxiety down you're getting anxious about a situation or a person that you're seeing or or whatever and i when i look back i was like oh yeah I can see that now. And I've always been the same. Always. It's just... Um, I had a conversation with my, my mother not long ago because um, uh, she's worried about my sister for certain things. I was like, look, it's probably just a bit of anxiety. She's like, what? What, why, what would you have to be anxious about? I was like, look, it doesn't work like that. I was like, yeah. people get anxious for no reason. I was like, whenever we leave to go on holiday, you get that stressed out, you make yourself cry because you get so anxious about leaving the house. I was like, and you can't understand why people get anxious. She was like, yeah, but I know what that's for. I was like, that's perfect. You know why you're anxious. So imagine yeah. getting anxious and not knowing why the fuck you're anxious or what yep. the fuck is wrong with it. And that took me until being mad to actually understand how terrifying that could be. Yeah. Because like it's like those people who have irrational fears of things. Like people, especially certain people who are afraid of something, have no idea why they're afraid of it. Like if you're afraid of heights, you're not afraid of heights. You're afraid of falling mm-hmm. and you're afraid of of things. Like I remember I had the only time I've ever had a sort of panic attack was when I passed my driving test, and um, I was so scared of crashing that i give myself anxiety to the point where i had nightmares like not that i couldn't drive the car like i can do stuff like fight i'm really good at overcoming fears but i had a stupid anxiety that um i was going to crash the car to the point where i had nightmares because i didn't want to upset my dad because he had bought me a van through the company um so it wasn't my my car but it was something that i could drive and i was scared that if i crashed it it would cost him money and then he'd be upset with me because I was only yep. 70. You obviously you don't mean you, you don't know when everyone's upset their parents. So um, I remember I had nightmares for about a week until the point where I generally thought, what the hell is wrong with you? And I dealt with it myself. But it's like, that's knowing what's wrong. Like not knowing what a problem is and not knowing why you're anxious about things is such a horrible thing. And like, it's, it's so good sometimes that you know where these feelings come from. Like you said, mm-hmm. you probably, ne- like you said, you never knew never what the, the it was anxiety. 
Never now, now, now you know it is anxiety. You you probably won't struggle with it at all. You'll probably be yeah. able to know. As soon as you start getting wound up, you're like, oh, look, that's just the anxiety. It's just relax a bit. It's not all that bit thing. And you can deal with it, and then you move on. You, it mm-hmm. never becomes a, a problem. I mean, it does for some people. I don't think it will for me. It's just acknowledging the fact that yeah. and it's certain behaviours that I would do around that feeling. And it's, it's just easier to, now that I've acknowledged, oh, right, you're working yourself up. For example, like going, um, before I had Danielle on, on the second podcast, yeah. I could feel it. I could feel it coming back. And it was like, whatever you do before you speak to this guy, don't drink. Like it would have been easier to sit there, have a beer, feel like you're relaxing yourself, but it was like, no, just don't do that because that that is the, that's the anxiety yeah. making you feel like you need to calm yourself down. And it, I think it was more because I'd heard um, I'd heard Danielle on Rogan, on Duncan Trussell, and things like that that I listened to. And to me, even though he's not got a massive social media presence or anything of like that, he's a very big person. Yeah, and uh, you know it was a it was a big thing for me. And I, I, if that had been me a year ago, that would have been, like I said, it would be the you know, just have a few beers, have a couple. And it it was good that I it's good now that I can recognise that that it's not um, it's it's not a thing. If you know what I mean, it's like oh no no, you just get a bit worried. You're a bit a bit hypersensitive like- right now, and you know just chill out. You you know go for a walk, walk the dog for ten minutes, whatever it is. It's, it's- like you touched on, like people who fan, like fan curling, as it's called, is mm-hmm. such a weird thing. The fact you're getting stressed about meeting another person and like you hype them up into something that is sort of almost mythical yeah. to the point where they're just another person who just probably wants to have a normal chat. But then you sort of, because of the things they've done and all, you like, you start getting like sort of, you don't want to mess up. You start getting mm-hmm. nervous and you make mistakes. And it's like, well, all I'm doing is talking to another person. Same as we're having a conversation. Yeah. Same as you've had a conversation billions and billions of times so why is it such a stressful thing yeah. and it's like it doesn't actually make sense but then it does make sense <laughs> do yeah. you know what I mean yeah I know exactly what you mean right mate you said you've got you've got other yeah, bits to be doing I've, I've um I got two dogs to walk maybe maybe just the one the other one's getting a bit old now but um yeah we got popping my ankles um how old the dog uh so Jack is seven he's the Alaskan Malamute yeah. the one that came on the screen yeah, yeah. there a long time and Jerry is how old's Georgie? So he's 12, he'll be 13 this year. Shit. Yeah, a little spring across with a collie. And the, uh, yeah, the Malamute's getting on as well. Yeah, yeah. But he's, he's still like a puppy, mate. He's hmm. strong. Strong as Knox. Yeah. It, a complete, complete softy and a bit of yeah. an idiot as well. Well, where we meet that, you'll have to bring the dog so I can say hello because me and well, my girlfriend love dogs. So um, yeah. it'd be good to say hello. All right, mate. Well, great to chat to you. We'll do it regularly, yeah? Yeah, thanks again for having me on. Like I said, um, anytime, just drop me a message and um, I'll try and sort it out. Like I said, sorry again for being late. Ah, don't worry about that, mate. I'm late all the time. <laughs> <laughs> right, Got you soon. Think, man.